Welcome to the Nourish, Eat, Repeat podcast, helping people who want to improve their health and change their mindset around food so they can live the life they were designed and called for. I am your host, Adrian Delgado, and in this podcast, I'll give you step-by-step action plans to reach your health goals, as well as my favorite recipes I know you and your family will enjoy. Let's get started. Welcome back to another episode. Today we're talking about food trackers. Specifically, we're going to answer the question, do I need to use my fitness pal to lose weight? So, my fitness pal or lose it are just some of the more well-known calorie trackers that are available online. Uh, I know that MyFitnessPal has a free version. I'm not as familiar with the Lose It app. Uh, I've personally worked with MyFitnessPal. And so a lot of times I get the question, do I need to use one of these apps in order to lose weight and be successful? So that's what we're talking all about today. And we're just going to dive in and short answer You know, if you don't want to listen to this whole podcast, I'll give you the short answer, uh, which would be no. No, you don't need to use MyFitnessPal to lose weight. But there is a longer answer. And so I'm going to ask that you just stick with me for a few minutes as I go through it. Because the longer answer could be, well, no, but there are some benefits but they're not the reasons why you think they are. So many of my clients have been taught, because we all have been taught, calories in versus calories out, right? If you create a calorie deficit, you should lose weight. End of story, that's it. And for a lot of us, if we were to use a calorie tracker, like my fitness power, lose it or whatever you wanna use, and we see that our calories expended or our calories burned are less than our calories that we took in, the calories we ate, it would make sense that we would gain weight. And the opposite would also be true. If we eat less than we burn, we should lose weight. But you and I both know it's a little bit trickier than this, right? From a cognitive standpoint, we can grasp this concept. Like, yes, this is how it should work. And a lot of you that are listening, you are very smart, very well-educated people. And you know that it is so much more challenging than just calories in versus calories out. If it were truly that simple, most of us uh, wouldn't struggle with our weights. You know, because logically we understand it. If we don't eat as much as we burn, we should lose weight. So why do so many people struggle? Why do so many people have challenges around this? Well, I think it has to do with a lot more than calories in, calories out. It has a lot to do with our mindset, our habits, the way we think about food, the way we grew up with food, our preferences, our, you know, our routines, our schedules. There's a lot more that goes into weight management than just calories in versus calories out. 
And hopefully, if you've been listening to this podcast for some time, you know that I do a lot of the mindset work. I want to know why you do what you do. I want to know your thoughts about food, your thoughts about your body, your thoughts about your habits. Because when we challenge them, then we get to the root of the problem. So when you're talking about my fitness pal, do you need to use it to lose weight? No, you don't. And that's the beauty of weight loss. There's a hundred bazillion different ways to do it. My job as your dietitian is to figure out which way works best for you. But there is no one right way. And any diet that tells you that it has to be this way and it's the only way, I want you to run far, far away from it. Because it's just not true. I have people that lose weight using MyFitnessPal. I have people that lose weight not using MyFitnessPal. Who's to say which one is right and which one is wrong if they're both getting results? So again, the short answer is no. But what does MyFitnessPal have to offer that makes it successful for some people? Well, number one, it brings awareness to your eating habits. I mean, that's one of the fundamental reasons why we journal in the first place. It's to bring awareness to our habits, our patterns, and our behaviors. When you have to write down the foods that you are putting in your mouth, it makes you more aware. All of a sudden, you ask yourself, I don't know, do I want to write that down? I don't want to write that one down. (laughs) I don't want to see it. I don't want somebody else to see it. Maybe I won't eat it if I have to be accountable for it. But the awareness piece really steps in when you're trying to understand food and what's in food. A lot of you guys didn't take nutrition classes in high school or college. You didn't have that intro to nutrition class that told you what foods are comprised of what nutrients and how different foods make you feel good. And so using a tracker can really help you understand what is in food and the caloric value of food. You know, for a lot of people, it's, I didn't realize an avocado has 250 calories. Or I didn't realize that burger at Red Robin had, you know, 1,190 calories. And that didn't even include the bottomless fries. You know, for a lot of people, they didn't realize there's no carbohydrates in eggs. I didn't know that. And so journaling on a tracker can be really, really helpful when you're learning about food and its nutrient value. There's nothing wrong with that. That's a good thing when you're trying to learn. And if it's a simple, easy, fast, and free tool, why not take advantage of that? You know, it's no different than somebody who needs to track their budget or how they're spending their time. When you write it down, you become more aware of what you're doing. Now, where I see the problem with the trackers is most people never go back and look at their habits. They never go back and assess their day and their routine and what led them to their behaviors, whether it would be overeating or undereating. They just journal and move on to the next day. And then the next day comes, they journal their food and they move on to the next day. And they never go back and look to see What are the trends? What are the patterns? 
They just look at the information and either get upset or feel really good about it and move on. The whole point of tracking your food is to bring awareness to what you're doing. Part of that awareness is through your patterns, which means you have to look back on that data to analyze it efficiently. It does you no good to just type in your foods every day and move on to the next day. I mean, you can do it, but you're not getting the full benefit. And for a lot of people, tracking takes a lot of time. It does. It takes a lot of energy, effort, time. I mean, the trackers try to make it as easy as possible for you, but it's still a lot of time. If you're not going to get the full benefit of it, you're missing out on part of the whole point of doing it. So if you're going to track your food, which again, if you want to use a a tracker on your phone, great. If you want to use pen and a notebook, great. Again, no one right way. One of the best things that you can do is look at your habits. Look over the course of you know, the week or even the month. Look at weekends versus weekdays. Look at social events versus you know, the mundane doing the same thing over and over schedule. Look to see where do you go off plan or where do you overeat. That's going to be worth more than anything you do. So if you want to be serious about, you know, changing your health habits or changing your weight, awareness always has to come first. You can't change something that you know nothing about. So that is always step one. So in that case, yeah, the trackers can be good. We just need to make sure we're using it in the right way. Now, the second thing that tracking your food can do is it creates accountability and ownership. My favorite thing to do is look at people's journals, especially when they are fantastic. You know, they're doing all the right things. They're eating the right foods and the right portions and everything looks great until we get to a day and it's just blank. Sometimes people will write party, out with friends, date night. Nope. (laughs) Nope is my favorite. Like as if we're just not even going to go there. So don't ask. I'm not, I'm not going to give you any information. You're going to have to work for it if you ask me questions because I'm not giving you anything more beyond what you ask. When do you think people need the journal more than ever? It's during the hard times. But the minute that we're not perfect, the minute that the journal reveals our, our shortcomings, that we're not perfect, that we can make mistakes, we shut it down and we don't open it anymore. Because now that we're not perfect, why bother? I still don't know where that came from. I don't know where we adopted that mindset, but we do. The ownership piece tells you exactly what you need to work on. So when you take that out and you don't do it, how do you know what you need to work on? In fact, you'll get frustrated because every time I go to a party, I drink too much. Or every time I go to a party, I eat too much. Well, why do you think that is? It's because you don't face it the first couple times you do it. You just pretend it's not there. 
So it's not fair for you to get frustrated with yourself when you don't address the problem initially or the second time or the third time. If we just ignore the problem, it's not going anywhere. And again, it's not fair to you to get upset with yourself when the problem doesn't go anywhere. Again, ownership, accountability are two huge things that must be in place in order to make change. All right. The minute you stop journaling, what happens? Well, a lot of times the next thoughts that come to mind is, well, since I didn't journal today, I might as well just eat what I want because the day is ruined. I already didn't do what I was supposed to do, so I might as well just stop all of it. And then when you're not eating well, because you're eating extra snacks, because you're not journaling it anyway, it snowballs in a negative direction, right? I am, um, have you ever heard of this diet called 75 hard? It's basically a, a plan that you follow for 75 days. It's ridiculously strict, ridiculous. Um, the amount of workouts you need to do, the food plan you have to follow, but it's, you know, meant to be for warriors who really want to, you know, discipline themselves and prove to themselves they can do it. We just had a person in the office the other day that was following the program. She got to day 59 and then she accidentally messed up something. Well, the rules of 75 hard say, if you mess up, you've got to start all over and starting all over felt crushing to her especially with how hard she worked all the way leading to that point. Because she was so upset with herself that she didn't follow through and she wasn't perfect, she stopped everything. Everything. She's not working out at all now. She's not following the nutrition plan at all now. What? Are you kidding me? Do you hear how absurd that sounds? But in her head, it sounds perfectly logical because that's what they tell you on the plan. You failed, so therefore, you don't even get to participate anymore. You might as well have not even tried. And that's how a lot of us see journaling. We'll do it for a little bit, and the minute we forget to log something in or be accountable to ourselves or hold ourselves to some standard that we, we're never even going to hit, we're, you know what? It's over. And then we don't journal. And when we don't journal, then we just give ourselves permission to eat whatever. Ownership is really important. You have to see the good and the bad because you are not perfect. And you never will be. And that is okay. That is okay. So we need to get that thought right out of there because, again, not true, not helpful, not kind. So therefore, it needs to go. If you eat something and you want to journal, then just log it. You can log how you were feeling, right? Instead of just putting down on paper how you screwed up and how you messed up, why not actually journal a little bit more information? Talk about your thoughts leading up to it. Talk about the circumstances so then you can analyze it and see how you want to do different the next time versus just not writing anything at all, pretending it never happened, and then ditching all of the good behaviors you've done up until that point. Ownership is important, but so is grace. And some of us need to give ourselves a lot more grace 
It's okay if you mess up. You're going to mess up. Remember, there was a podcast I did a while back. I said, the wagon doesn't move. You fall off the wagon. You don't got to go chase it down. It didn't go off without you. It's actually sitting right there with a step stool, with open arms, asking you to come back and try again. We've got to extend ourselves a little bit of grace. And the ownership piece is a big part. Own it. You did it. If you don't want to do that again the next time, come up with a plan of how you're going to do it. Just don't pretend it didn't exist. You can, but then you can't complain when you're not getting anywhere. Now, you could decide whether or not you want to share your journal with somebody else. Some of my clients will make their journals um, public to friends. And if I become a friend with them on my fitness pal, then I can look at what they're doing. Uh, I don't do that a ton uh, unless it's really, really helpful um, because otherwise I would just be looking at journals all day long and not get anything else done. Um, but some people like knowing that another person's going to be checking in on them and that helps them stay true to their goals. Again, whatever is helpful to you. Now, I will say there are some drawbacks to these platforms, these um, trackers. And I want to, I want to go over them because I came up with five. So number one is calorie trackers do not promote and reinforce intuitive eating. So intuitive eating is a practice where you use your own body's cues for hunger and fullness to dictate, you know, what you eat and how much you eat. It's actually the way I prefer to, to go about eating because, I don't have to track anything. I just have to listen to what my body says and honor it, which is absolutely harder than what it sounds. I'm making it sound so much easier. It's pretty challenging, especially when you, you know, have your own crap that you're bringing to, to the diet and basically all your thoughts about diets, you know, what you should eat, what you shouldn't eat. Intuitive eating is more, um, an internal way of eating. And because your body goes with you wherever you go. You don't have to worry about, you know, following a specific food plan or writing down every calorie because your body signals will tell you what you need to do. So my fitness pal doesn't really allow for intuitive eating in a way that most of my clients, they'll look at their, their plan and they'll, they'll, they'll have eaten a really nice dinner and they'll feel satisfied and full. And then they'll look at their, their fitness tracker, their calorie tracker, and it'll say, you still have 200 calories to eat. Well, guess what they do? They eat. They have a bedtime snack because guess what? My fitness pal said I have 200 more calories to eat. There's nothing about them that's hungry. They actually had a really nice meal. They're full. They feel good. But because my fitness pal says 200 more calories, We're going to shove it in because we can, right? The opposite is true. There may be a day where you're really hungry. You were really active. You were moving around or you're just having a hungry day so much that you're getting all these hunger signals. Your stomach's growling. You feel lightheaded. You're dizzy. You're snapping at everybody. You're hangry. But if you don't have calories on your tracker, guess you're out of luck. It doesn't matter if you're going to fall over because my fitness pal said you've already had your fill, so deal. 
I mean, that's not right either. So if you're going to use the tracker, you still have to learn this concept of intuitive eating and know that there's going to be days where you have hungry days and days that you don't. It's very hard to hone in on those skills when you are so calorie focused. And so that's definitely one of the drawbacks. Another drawback, honestly, is journaling I don't think is sustainable. You know how I feel about dieting rules. Rule number one is if you can't see yourself doing it five years from now, why are you starting in the first place? Whatever gets you there keeps you there. So whatever you do to lose weight will be what you have to do to maintain that weight loss. If the only way you lose weight is through journaling, then you are going to have to continue journaling to maintain that weight. It's just how it is. So if you don't want to journal your food for the rest of your life, you're going to have to figure out another way. Now, I'm not saying that journaling isn't helpful in the beginning, again, for that awareness and ownership piece. But for some people, they are, I'm just going to say it, they're very obsessive about calories. And I don't, I'm going to argue, I don't think that's healthy. If it's not as mentally healthy as it is physically healthy, then it's not healthy. All right, here's the third drawback. When you set up your MyFitnessPal account, again, I can't talk for lose it because I don't, I don't have that platform. Um, they give you an option when you're setting up your account. Do you want to, and now I'm speaking specifically to weight loss. Do you want to lose one pound a week or two pounds a week? What do you think everybody puts? Two pounds a week. Why would I waste my time doing one pound a week when I can do this faster? And so every single person puts two pounds a week. Do you know what kind of calorie deficit is necessary for two pounds a week? It's a thousand calories. Meaning you have to eat 1000 calories less every day to lose two pounds a week. Now, how sustainable do you think that is? I mean, people can do it the first week, maybe even the second, because everyone's motivated in the beginning. But, you know, if you have any significant weight to lose, how motivated are you going to be to do a 1,000 calorie deficit every day at week eight or nine? And then you get frustrated. I'm just so hungry all the time. I can't do it. I'm tired. I hate this. I'm angry. I'm annoyed all the time. Yeah, I would be too for a thousand calorie deficit. It's not sustainable. I do not let anybody in my practice do a thousand calorie deficit per day. I just, I won't let them do that because they'll be miserable and they'll quit. And then what's the point? If you're going to use one of those trackers, please do not put two pounds a week. Please only put one pound a week. It may be a little slower, but at least you'll be able to stick with it. And isn't that the point to stick with it? I have yet to have somebody come into my office and say, I want to drop 20 pounds, but I'm okay with finding it again in two or three years. No, everybody wants to lose weight and keep it off. Nobody wants to rebound. Well, if that's not your plan, don't make things so strict and so hard that you're setting yourself up to fail. 
If you want that second pound, you go after it with exercise, but do not give yourself a 1000 calorie deficit and think that you're going to be able to maintain such a restrictive diet for the long term. I don't yell at you guys often, but I feel like I'm yelling. I don't mean to. It's just, I've seen it. I've seen too many people do this and get frustrated and give up. And it's for no reason. You don't have to do that. So just put one pound if you're going to use it. Um, another thing that I see people do incorrectly is they sync it to their activity trackers. And so if you sync it to your Fitbit or your Apple Watch or anything like that, what will end up happening is as you are active, the calorie tracker will start giving you more calories to eat. And then I see people spinning their wheels. So if you're going to sync it up to your activity tracker, please don't give yourself more food calories because your activity has told you you can unless you're looking for maintenance. But if you're looking for weight loss, you're better off not syncing the two and just doing the nutrition piece independent of the activity piece. All right. The biggest drawback I see from the calorie trackers is the obsessive compulsive behavior that it leads to. Micromanaging is good until it's not. Like in the beginning, people get really excited and motivated because it's something new. Everyone loves to try a new thing. Um, everybody's motivated. But there is a fine line between being aware and being obsessed. And that's a line that a lot of us do not know how to tell. I struggle with it for a very long time. I know my clients struggle with it. In the beginning, it seems all innocent. Oh, I just want to see what I'm doing. I just want to see how many calories. Before you know it, though, sometimes a switch goes off. And we go from just a curiosity to an obsession. Have to get those calories. Have to get the macronutrients. I can't concentrate on anything else throughout the day because I have to make sure that everything is perfect. Can't mess up. Can't screw up. The... You know, the stakes are high. And then people, they break. And, you know, not only, you know, do they end up binging or overeating, but the amount of shame and guilt that they hold on to is unbearable. If you're going to track your, your calories, you need to constantly be assessing your mental health. And sometimes that means checking in with another person for feedback because we can justify and rationalize anything. Oh, yeah, I'm good with it. I'm not going too far. Yeah, I'm healthy. You may think that, but everybody else around you thinks differently. So find somebody you trust and check in with them. Hey, just, you know. Have I been acting crazy around food lately? Have I been obsessing over my fitness pal? Have I been, you know, avoiding conversations because I have to track my food first before I'll look up from my phone? You know, is it starting to impact, you know, my attitude or my conversations? You know, are you noticing anything about me? If it's a true friend, they'll tell you. But it's good to have that accountability because... We need it from time to time. 
We've got a ton of things stressing us out right now. We do not let, need to let food be one of them. So here's the deal. I, I presented the question at the beginning, do I need to use my fitness pal to lose weight? And the short answer was no. And I told you the longer answer is, well, maybe, but for reasons that you may not think about going beyond calories in versus calories out. Here's the deal. Only you know what's healthy for you. And when I say healthy, again, I'm encompassing physical health and mental health. Remember, there are no hard rules when it comes to nutrition. Me personally, if you're curious what I do, I, I might do my fitness pal once or twice a year and for two weeks. I only let myself do it for two weeks because any longer than that, first of all, I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want the burden of having to do it for longer than that. And I feel like after two weeks, I, um, I got the information I need to move forward. But I like to check in every once in a while because my eyes get generous or I think I'm doing the right thing. And it's, it's a good accountability check-in uh, to make sure that um, you know, I'm not eating all my calories at the end of the night or um, not if, am I able to get all my fiber in and you know, am I going overboard in my sugar. Like, it's just a great check-in. But for me, it's a two-week check-in, get in, get out. Uh, where I personally like to do most of my work is through paper journaling. I like to know my thoughts around food. I like to know my thoughts around my habits. I want to challenge them. That's where I want to spend the majority of my time because that's where I see the best results. So that's your, your lesson today. Hopefully this was helpful. Hopefully it gave you some things to think about uh, in your own journey and what's helpful to you. Let's get to that recipe. So I actually did this recipe for a, um, a video for our local school district. And, um, and then we turned it into a TikTok. So guess what, guys? I'm officially on TikTok. Never thought I'd say that. But, um, but yeah, so you can go check out Body Metrics Health on TikTok, and hopefully the, we'll be able to post some more videos. Uh, this is a recipe for what we call a green Julius. So if you are around my age, and when I'm taping this, I'm 43 right now, uh, you remember going to the mall, and there was that store called Orange Julius. And it was basically just a sugary drink that was really exciting. <laughs> that and Auntie Anne's pretzels and Cinnabon, right? Those were like all the fun places to go when you went to the mall. Um, but as you know, Orange Julius is loaded, loaded, loaded with sugar and not as healthy as the sign made it out to be. So I'm going to give you a recipe for a play off of the Orange Julius. It's called a Green Julius. So you know we've got some green vegetables in there to increase the nutritional value. Uh, there's no added sugar in this version. Uh, all the sugar comes from fruit. And it also has some protein in it. So... For this recipe, you're going to need one medium orange. You're going to need half of a medium banana, a quarter cup of milk, a quarter cup of plain Greek yogurt, a half a teaspoon of vanilla extract, and some one cup of spinach, and ice. And you're literally going to just throw all of that 
into a blender. Make sure you peel your oranges and your banana first, of course. And then you're just going to blend well until it's smooth and frothy and you can enjoy. So that is your recipe for the week. Guys, as always, thank you so much for joining me. And I can't wait to see you next week. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Nourish Eat Repeat podcast. If you found this episode helpful, please rate, review, and share with others so we can reach and help more people. For more information about nutrition, how to work with a dietitian, or about any of our programs, visit our website at bodymetricshealth.com. You can also find us on socials. We're on Instagram and Facebook at bodymetricshealth. The book Nourish Eat Repeat is available on our website and Amazon in both paperback and ebook versions. Once again, I'm Adrienne Delgado, and I'll see you next week.